You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. The Fox in the Phoenix podcast is now a proud recipient of two 27th Annual Communicators Awards, garnering audio and podcast distinction for individual episodes in the categories of society and culture and diversity and inclusion. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for crossdressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hey, Julie. Guess what? What? We're back. We are back, and we have our second set of questions. It's a yeah. Q&A episode, part two. Part two. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like so epic. I it, it was so much. I did take a look at the questions, like just peeked at them to see how many we had left. And I'm like, girl, we need to come back to this because I, it's a lot. And I want to give every question as much room to breathe as possible. We deserve it. Our listeners deserve it. So we are here to start fresh. Yes. Right, with some new energy. And let's tackle these questions. Dan. All right. Let's get right back into it, girl. Yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ooh, look, another question for Savannah. What, what, I'm what? not jealous. Mm. Twitch, twitch. No. I'm not. I, I prefer asking than actually getting questions. Okay, to good. To be honest. Um, all right. <laughs> this is funny. Regarding episode 27, <laughs> which is what episode? Uh, I believe that would be the, the one we just defeat, the semi-decent proposal. Nice. I would like to know... What did Savannah ever do with the the feet pick, (laughs) which you never put any sort of? No, I didn't. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Everyone's going to hear it. It's sparkling grapefruit while you answer this. Go to it. Noise. I would. I whistle. uh, Yeah. uh, The answer to that question is no. I did not do anything to foster. Uh, conversation with that individual, and nor did I share any purchasable uh, foot pics. And the most amazing part was, which <laughs> we didn't flat out mention on the episode, and that's like, sorry, foot request person, arch request person, will <laughs> be used for a juicy story <laughs> to talk about on the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you got back to them. Like, no. good, sweet, have a story. Bye. <laughs> I did. No, I, I actually, it's uh, not as bad as ghosting. It was less than that because I just couldn't remember who they were. Oh, awesome. And I guess kind of couldn't sorry find them. person, if you're listening. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Used and then left. Stop. Stop. And the fact that we are so vanilla it's hilarious. Like you and I approach it as if it was like the most scandalous, dirty little dick deeds or whatever you want to talk about it. Like we approach it as if it isn't this giant community, this right, giant right. thriving, you know, foot fetish community. We were like, or or something that like many crossdressers who put themselves out on the internet, especially in, in the guise of a very sexual, you know, kind of way aren't being approached like we pro- oh my i can't believe this oh, dear. Like, i declare don't show me your toes <laughs> this happened and oh this oh my hurt. goodness i can't believe they were asking for my soles and my feet ah. yeah we had it, it was definitely a new experience for me 
<laughs> Hence why I had to talk to you about it. So oh man. sharing. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we got, you know, you're feeling unloved and left out. So I have a question for you now. Yay. I'm All right. Sarcastic. I know. I know. As an ally, do you find yourself explaining cross-dressing to people not familiar with the community? And if so, what do you find to be the most common misconceptions? Yes, this happens all the time. And I think that because there's such a limited amount of information out there, it involves a bit of education of everything that I've kind of learned, not everything, but just kind of like answering some of those questions that you listed, you know, right, no, right. they're not all gay and know that that doesn't mean that they're transitioning necessarily although it is and this is something that i say it is a really helpful window for many people that are transitioning to kind of try something on in order to find out who they really are as mm -hmm. a whole right right um but because there's such a kinky fetishy pervy kind of label that i'm trying to strip off Often there's a lot more of me talking than them talking. It's a lot like, huh, like especially people who I haven't talked to in a while, who they're just catching up with me, um, explaining that I'm doing a podcast, you know, the Fox and the Phoenix, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. There's a lot of like, huh, okay, okay. like the transgender thing is just something that like the people that are let's say 50 plus have just try are we're all just trying to understand right, right. Yeah. even the people who are living in the community we're all trying to just understand but for people that you know are just kind of being like okay there's this transgender thing and then there's this cross it's it's very confusing for them and what i have to remind them is that Crossdressers are just people. And the amazing part is, is like, not only is it because they're like, oh, you're dealing with a niche within a niche or, you know, whatever it <laughs> is. But the amazing part is, is like, <laughs> it could be the, per it could be your mailman. It could be the person across the street. Like it could be, it's a wide range. It's not just people who are a part of FetLife mm -hmm. and who are open and out on Facebook. There is so many people that, I have learned just through finding me on Fox and Hanger, reaching out about the podcast that are very much like, <laughs> I was just going to say, are very much Republican. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're very much like the opposite of what I would stereotype them mm. to be. It has proved to me over and over and over that crossdressers are just people. <gasps> people what? with children, people with interests, people who go fishing, people that go hunting, people that love being a man just as much as they love expressing themselves as a woman it's it's i don't know it's it's complicated it it's a is. humanity thing yes right it's it, it reminds me of the great poets who sang people are people so why should it be that you and i should get along so awfully boom 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 Thank and it reminds you. me of like dude looks like a lady did it <laughs> Did it do looks like a lady? <laughs> nice. Web blade. We could go on and on with our musical yeah. stylings, but um I love that answer. 
And it's it's sad that those misconceptions are seem to be so like I said so common. It's like so like it's almost like it's hard to break the misconception because so many people believe the same thing, including the crossdressers. Oh Jesus! Right? Yes. Like yes. Mainly the crossdressers, and that's something that is you know it is why our our podcast is such an important resource resource to so many crossdressers and their and their significant others is because it is more common than that. Like, I think it was today when you were telling me about a conversation you had about, you know, your, your podcast isn't really, I don't know if they said just about cross-dressing and it's yeah, 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 yeah. so many times I'll have listeners, Holly and Sabrina, Holly, <laughs> shout out. Um, surprise. We're talking about you again, <laughs> Mr. McFeely. Um, <laughs> basically is that cross-dressing is a human thing and Mm -hmm. so when we what we talk about on the podcast can cover such a broad spectrum of the human experience Mm -hmm. that cross-dressing is just kind of a part of it it's it's the anchor i was gonna say it's the anchor that we kind of tangent off of it's like our topics we try to keep within our experience of what we've heard, what we've seen about cross-dressing. But you're right. We we go off very quickly on the nuances of the human experience as it relates to, like I said, with the foot fetish. It's like, well, we t- first we talked about like, hey, somebody want to take pictures of your feet. And then we talked about why do we fetishize feet? I mean, it, it had nothing to do with the cross-dressing experience. It had all to do with the human experience and how we perceive things. And no matter who you are or what your upbringing is or how religious you are or how not religious you are or, or where, you, where you've where you been brought up or not, everyone understands what it feels like to be isolated. Yeah. Everyone understands what it's like to be feel shame mm-hmm. and to feel like you don't belong or to feel like what it means to belong. So right. a lot of what we do discuss through a cross-dressing lens, we're just talking about subjects that pe- anyone can relate to. So when like my brother, shout out to you, David, don't worry, you won't hear this because you're, as you said, I'm just not into cross-dressers, man, like in an obnoxious <laughs> voice. And I'm just like, okay, I have words for you, okay? <laughs> but I think people that are so intimidated by the subject matter, Double dog dare you to be quite honest, like you will get something from this on a human level that connects us all. So true. And we knew that from day one. We knew that when I was getting listeners to say, hey, take a look at our trailer and tell me what you think. Our opening trailer. And they said, wow, this seems like something that is more than just cross-dressing. I was like, nailed it. All right. So Savannah. Yes, that's me. Do you believe that the term cross-dressing is approaching adolescence <gasps> as we form <laughs> Savannah? Yes. Again. Yes. As we, as various forms of gender expression become more accepted by society, will the term cross-dresser still be necessary or will upcoming generations be more comfortable with terms like gender fluid? dual gender, bi-gender, or perhaps it will be acceptable to simply express yourself as you feel without needing a label at all. 
Mm. Whoa, mm. psychic. Damn. Okay. Um, I have to go. Go. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying. I'm, my my brain is rattling with all sorts of ideas, and um, to answer the question on the surface, yes, I do believe that the term crossdresser would become obsolete. I believe that to be true. Uh, I believe it's going to be you and me that are going to make that word obsolete because in the third Living with Crossdressing book, soon to be worked on by moi, I am tackling this specific topic. And the reason why I'm, I'm talking about this topic specifically is crossdresser is not a gender. Crossdressing is not a identity. Crossdressing is an act. Is a perf is what you do. It's it's how you become your expression. So yes, I would love to see crossdresser be phased out and replaced by the gender identity, which is like you said, dual gender, bi gender, gender fluid, gender queer, which all have kind of similarities, but maybe a little bit different. But that is your identity. Crossdresser is not your identity. So I agree that I hope that crossdresser gets relegated into like the background. It's like, oh, you know that David, um, my my dual gender friend, uses cross-dressing to look like Marilyn Monroe. That's what I wanted to be changed to. Just like we use cross-dressing to affect the change we're looking for for our expression. <sighs> now, and you've I'll always felt that way. Like you just, I'm sorry, but you, not only did you get on your soapbox, but you basically <laughs> were like, Conducting with your arms like it was. freaking Mr. Holland's opus that you've <laughs> that you've been like, and furthermore, but I don't think that you and I are have any plans to retitle the show, like to flip <laughs> no, the no. show, because the 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 point is is that there is so much limited information for the male crossdresser or dual gender, but they mm -hmm. identify with that word and they right, feel very kind right. of alone with that word. And so that word is a search term. It's an, it indicates yes. where they kind of fit. So there's a balance. Right. Absolutely. And look how we subtitle the show, the feminine cross-dressing experience. Nice. So we were on point from day one. So we don't have to change. No, not a dang thing. Uh, <laughs> Um, and I, I was reading the question again here for myself. The second part of that question talks about, will we be able to go without a label at all? I think that's a tougher question. I think if you, if you find that label for yourself that works, that speaks to you and your authenticity, you, we will always, I think, label people. I mean, it's part of our DNA and our brains to categorize things and put it in boxes for either things we see or experience or for ourselves. Um, and I think it's a lot tougher to say, well, we just don't have to go with any labels at all. We we'll just be people. I, I don't think our brains operate that way in such a degree that it's easy to like stop labeling. And here's one thing I wanted to say, and this just kind of popped in my head. We have been aware of male, female, and intersex as biological markers on our birth certificates for generations. How often do you hear anybody say the word intersex? Jamie Lee Curtis, what was? That is a myth. I looked it up. No. It is. It she is. She was born with testes. <laughs> 
sorry. What? I just wanted to take. You just want to say testy. No, but I swear she was. I, I, yes. you told me this a while back. I did my own research on it, and it come to find out, as far as my research went, it was a myth. All right, but she makes a really great um, intersex individual. She would. And I she like would. To say that. Uh, okay. But she is, I I've think, been telling people that for a while. So <laughs> that's okay. Great, what you just said. Well, like I said, also do your own research. Don't believe me. I mean, I only can go by the Google searching that I did, but uh, I it, love the word testes. Testes, one, two, three, testes. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. What am I to do with you? Um, the point I was trying to make with that was intersex is still a label we've been using for. 50, 60 years, as long as it's been medically, and probably longer, it's been medically a, a real marker, but people don't talk about it. People don't really associate with it because it's still kind of taboo to be, what, you have both organs, genitals, oh, you have more of one, less of the other? I, I don't understand. And so did the doctor decide, and oh, that's wrong. The parents decide, oh, should we let the child grow up and, and decide? Like, oh, God, so yes. There's yeah, so much yeah. to it. So it's not just no, it's not just that term that you throw out without having some sort of right. anything, any term right now. I mean, everyone is hyper, hypersensitive when it comes to their identifiers and, and yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So I think identifiers are always going to be important for ourselves and for how we represent ourselves to others. Hopefully, hopefully, when you use that label. The person you're speaking to has a lot better understanding for what it means than uh, the ignorance that we sometimes uh, have to run across. Okay, next question. Is next question is for you. Oh. Question for thank you Julie. For all these questions. Though. Can we just pause to say thank you? They're great. They are great. And I appreciate actually all the work Julie has done to curate all these questions. So oh, thank you. Because it, it was a surprise. I got nothing to do with this, so I'm very happy uh, that you were able to do it. Weren't you now, proud of my organization? I am. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm reading each question as we hit it, so I don't actually read ahead. Uh, so, yeah, this is super cool. I'm but, reading ahead. <gasps> yes. But I'm present. But That's I'm true. Ahead. Okay. But present. Okay. So, for Julie, in the podcast, you highlight that you are a trans ally. What are the two or three episodes or encounters that now, looking back, were the most significant catalyst for you? Hmm. I think that whether it was 2013 or 2014, meeting a trans woman that told me that there was a need for someone who is an image consultant among transgender women was it was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for me. Then going on the Free to Be She podcast and kind of being welcomed by cross-dressers in a way that felt like I'm a part of a family. Um, going on that show and then being asked to be on a panel and watch a movie and discuss and meet, meeting the lovely Savannah, that was it was life-changing and that led us to, or led me to where I am today. Our connection and, and the work that we've done since the moment that we met has been a game changer for me. Mm. And it was truly significant. When I think back on our episodes, I think the episode that listening now and listening 
to when the episode first aired, it was the episode that you and I were very kind of protective of. So for me, I struggle to stand and the listeners can hear it. I struggle to keep cross-dressers and transgender individuals. I mean, I'm doing it right now. I struggle <laughs> with not dividing those two parts of the of the spectrum or of the galaxy, as you like to yes. think of it. Um, because certain examples are very, speak to a particular group. Yes, agreed, right. And knowing the limited amount of resources and information, knowing that we are kind of trailblazers when it comes to creating content for male cross-dressers, as much as I'm fighting it, it is very important to me that I do that separation, that I really mm. honor the male cross-dressers that don't plan on transitioning. Right. And I separate them out in their own very special home and, and create a buzz around a thriving community that doesn't necessarily feel thriving. I want, I want male cross-dressers and even 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 cut it down even more and say male cross-dressers that aren't part of this fetish scene, right? We're cutting it even down even more. I want them to feel like they deserve to have a place at the table. They don't have to go to fat life if that's not what it's about for them. Mm -hmm. They can just exist within their feminine persona, within their female expression. They can get turned on or not, but they can still be just because they're getting turned on by a fabric or the idea of themselves as feminine beings does not mean that they are kinky and need to go, right, you right. know, this <clears throat> way, just like in the same way that if you identify, if you realize that you were a hundred percent female, and if there are moments within your getting ready um, to go out or experiencing your feminine expression and you do feel a little bit turned on or you do see an erection, immediately not being like, I must not be a woman or I must be a cross-dresser mm -hmm. or I must, does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. there is as much a drive for me to separate the groups as there is a drive for me to see everyone within this umbrella. Yes. So yes. I'm trying really hard to straddle the two. Yeah. Well, like I said, as we talk, uh, and by the way, those episodes were episodes 11 and 12, that two-parter, just for, I actually looked it up as you were speaking. Um, a couple of points that I remember you making in those episodes was that there are commonality. Being a cross-dresser, again, or cross-dressing is an experience, an experience that you may be, uh, it may be a kink for the bedroom. It may be, I want to be the girl next door and go to the coffee shop in my feminine identity. Or it may be like, wow, I realized that this is the first step to my affirmation to being a female. That cross-dressing has a lot of commonality to several experiences, to several experiences. But it doesn't say, oh, well, because of the fact that uh, my journey is going to end differently than yours, that we we don't see the commonalities. All we do is see our differences. So I think that's important to remember, to note that you had said that. And two, I'll just reiterate what I, I'll just give you the quick uh, top line of those two episodes from my perspective, which is transgender as a term is an umbrella that includes all of us, all walks, everything in this, everybody in the community 
that has a gender identity different than their own biology exists under this umbrella. Now, that being said, the other part is- Which I agree. Since the episode aired, and even before, like I am agreement with that. Awesome. And what the other thing I was also mentioning to you, which I know was part of the reason why you were struggling, is that transsexual women, women who have affirmed from male to female, also use the very specific gender identity marker of transgender. They've, uh, in some way, it's been adopted by transsexual women to be transgender. So in a very specific way, that term in that use precludes all other people under the overarching greater transgender umbrella because that is a very specific experience. So I think we run into issues by just using the term and not necessarily realizing its uses in that its usage in that context, which could be very difficult. Right. And the part of the episode that really struck me is that I don't want to be a gatekeeper. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a person that that minimizes someone's experience because because I feel a certain way, because right. I feel like you belong in a certain category or group. I think when I meet individuals, I go with whatever they, I believe, or latch on to whatever it is that they tell me they are in terms of their identity. Sometimes it, they don't know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, then you have the other group that doesn't, this other percentage of people that will not, they'll even tell me, I don't like transgender people. And I'm thinking, okay, okay. As it, I mean, and, and, and to me, I, I'd identify them as a transgender woman, but I, I get what they're saying. Like they see themselves as a woman from birth, a woman now, a woman always, it's, it's dicey and it's tricky. And so the best thing that I can do as someone who works really hard to position myself in a way that is inclusive, right. is loving to all ways to think of this thing is, is just have compassion for the individual story and the truth that they are telling you. And Absolutely. I hope that on this podcast, I'm not offending anyone with my ability to have certain you know, mama cub instincts for a certain particular <laughs> way that this could look, whether it be non-transitioning cross-dressers, transitioning cross-dress, like I hope I'm not received in a way that unkind because I'm just trying to make sense and trying to organize my right. words in a certain way based on a certain experience. Care what people think. I do. Hello. <laughs> Newsflash. I do. Well, also, I know that you work on a very... And these are for the people who who may have not uh, taken your services on Fox and the Hanger. I know that when you speak to me about, hey, hi, Savannah, I can't talk to you right now. I'm working on a lookbook or I'm hunting down some clothes or I'm doing something. You work on a very personal, personal and poignant level with each client. Yeah. So you were not sitting there going, well, you know, my last three clients identified this way. So you should also identify that way. You don't do that. You take their truth individually and you, you harness it and you latch onto it and it becomes truth for you when you're being empathetic to them. That's what you do. So I would never see was like, well, 
I don't know why you would say you're that because I know better. You, that's not the person I see in you. I see the person who sees each individual in their own truth and you just lift up that truth for them in a way that's, you know, works for them. It's beneficial. It's positive. And it's under this umbrella, if you want to call it that, or this, um, it's under the, that star of womanhood, Mm -hmm. womanhood what connects us what connects our femininity because there has been times we start off with a very kind of specific it's like an intake form it's a style questionnaire and i have many times went there in my head of like do i want to add a question where they're able to kind of put themselves in a specific box Mm. right where they're able to say i identify as and then they they say cross-dresser they say dual gender they say trans female they say female whatever it is either i list it or they list it and then it just comes back to the fact of why do i need to know that for this particular person to be able to reach them in this particular way now i can put what is your intention or what is your ultimate goal or or is there something you would like me to know about you and your journey to womanhood or your journey as a woman sure but there's a reason why I haven't put that question where they tick the certain boxes and they, they have to put themselves in the specific box. I yeah. don't want to. And I don't think you should, because I think we've seen it too much in different forms that it can be invalidating, not because you didn't make the attempt to go beyond just, are you, are you identifying as male or female or cross-dresser or transgender? It's, it's, that's fine. That's a positive thing. But sometimes even when you do that, you leave out other people right. that, that you hadn't intended. And that information, it doesn't change the way I see them. Right. It doesn't change the way I love them. It doesn't change the way the individualized attention. I mean, if I learn that along the way, sure. But in terms of my organization and try to get the, the feedback in order to be able to really understand who this person is as a human. Mm. For me, I'm going to learn that along the way if they choose to share that with right, me. Right, so, yeah, right. So, there you go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So, we have our, this has been great. And again, I want to thank all of the people that have helped me create this kind of list of questions for both Savannah and myself. Um, I'm going to end with a final question <gasps> for the lovely Savannah. I am not ready. Give me one moment. Okay, I'm ready now. Okay. (laughs) What is the biggest challenge you faced when stepping out of Savannah? And what has been your favorite moment? Mm. I would say, and I've mentioned this a few times in different to different people, and I think maybe on a podcast, that my biggest challenge when stepping out is overcoming fear. Mm. Julie, you're the one who mentioned it to me that wanted to remind the audience that I am not some demigod who like walks out the door, just carefree and just, I don't care what people think. And I'm just, she's the girl next door. (laughs) That's not, I mean, it is a struggle in it, or it can be a struggle based on mood, how I feel about myself that day. um, How long it's been since I've gone out Um, where I may be going that might be new and different and I might be unsure of myself. There is a, not a constant battle, but there is an underlying tone of fear that is my biggest challenge as I go out into the world. And, um, and it's ongoing. And by being out more, it 
gets smaller and less, you know, powerful, but it's still there. Um, like I said, I, I still worry even like pulling out of the garage that, oh my God, what if the neighbor sees me? And I'm kind of, I'm semi-prepared for like, hey, neighbor. And I'm just like ready to go do that work. But it's still one of those things of like, well, I hope I don't have to do that work today. I'm not ready to right. like reveal myself to somebody else and have that discussion and see what blows up in my face there. Those are the fears I have. And fear is always going to be a big challenge um, until it becomes normal that this is accepted as part of the fabric of humanity as opposed to being like that, that stray you know, piece of thread should be pulled out. No, that's not the case. We're part of the tapestry. We need to, there'll be a point where we are seen as part of it. Um, my favorite moment, my favorite moment, besides doing this podcast. Well, I'd say besides you, besides no. having this podcast, I mean, that's a favorite moment. And I'm not even outside. I mean, I'm sitting at my, in my office, I'm in my bigger closet in my office with my laptop in my microphone and in my ring light. And we're having our, our podcast. And that's an amazing moment every time we have it. And the work we're producing is stellar. It's just amazing. I meet people and make connections. I've made friends at the different Starbucks I've gone to that have been amazing experiences it's been amazing to have that moment in the sun. It, it's so hard for me to say this is my one favorite thing. Right. Because I think just in total, the experience of being Savannah or being able to be Savannah in both identity and presentation, I think is my favorite moments for her. Just to have, to be able to breathe and be able to be seen and be able to exist is what's great about it. To be able to get brie cheese. <laughs> was it wait? No, it wasn't brie, it was feta cheese. Feta cheese, yes. And that was well, that was a scary moment, but yeah. yes, be able to, to do now it. You can get it. You've been back. Have you been back to the supermarket? I have yes, I have been back. And even uh along those lines, so I went back into the Walmart without any terror. And I went to the uh Lowe's across the street from there to get a circuit breaker or something as Savannah. And that was like a note no worries at all. And you would think that going to Lowe's would be more terrifying because men who do things and have hammers and nail stuff and make things, you figure they'd be a little less apt to be appreciative of me, but no, yeah, it was all good all the way around. I chuckle at the idea about you <laughs> asking for directions at a manly place like Lowe's, like... <laughs> Excuse, like you're just in your voice and just being like, excuse me, can you help me find the best? Like, I don't know. Like, it just, it's funny. It's funny to me. I'd be like, I'd be like, hi. Um, and I'm twirling my hair at the same time. Twirling your hair. I'm like, hi, um, could you help me find a circuit breakers? Like, can you help me find some nuts, the appropriate nuts to use? Nuts and bolts. See, I'm ha I'm having trouble figuring out which nut is the best. <laughs> oh my word! Next time you're gonna say, "Could you tell me the best piece of wood to use?" Yeah, I really am getting a woody. I mean, I I mean, just I got problems with my plumbing. Can you help me with that? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could go on and on. Right. That's just like, that's like your favorite. It's like pun central. And so right. you, you just have a punny good time with your, with your parts and your nuts and your bones. <laughs>
rods. Oh my gosh, they have rods. They do have rods. Different yeah. sizes. It's true. Do you have anything else? Are there more questions to be asked? I don't. That was the last question. I think that's a beautiful way to kind of wrap wrap this up. Yes. Do you have any more? Unless you have a question for me, which you know we've already taken the time. The we have to speak and. Well, let's. You know what? Let our community have the wonderful questions they've asked answered. Hopefully, it's best of our ability. And uh, you and I can come up with questions for each other on another podcast. Yes. Or so, after this for chords. That's true. I'm just saying. And yeah, you know it. <laughs> so thank you to all the listeners. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Julie, for surprising me with the questions. I, I know it's it can be a lot of work to try to solicit people to respond. So oh, I'm I so happy. Soliciting. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, I do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so any any chance to reach out and connect with our listeners? I I'm just totally thrilled and i just i don't know the fact that that we have listeners that have questions for us that makes yeah. me really excited and it makes me feel like i don't know in some way like we've made it or by we made it meaning we've made a difference so that yes you know, and then we have people who care and people who care enough to respond and say oh i've listened to your show and i have a question about that specific episode or i'm interested in you as a person there's an yeah. attachment there i like and it love it so thank you for listening and for asking your questions and please keep on asking them you know far beyond this episode airs we are always available and we would love to receive any questions you have about us or about episodes topics if you hear mm. an episode and you're you know, it involves some more questions, please ask us because we, we also love creating topics that are based on your questions having to do with prior episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2021. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.